Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Will with Schedule Fly, and I'm excited today to have Mark Lays on the phone. Mark's in Rhode Island, and uh, he and his partner own four restaurants in uh, the Westerly and Charlestown area. And uh, he's a busy dude, but he was uh, kind enough to take some time to come on today and share his story. So thank you very much, Mark. Hey, Will. How you doing today? Thanks for having me. You bet, man. You bet. All right, so... I always like to ask people, first and foremost, uh, how and when did you get started in hospitality? <laughs> and then you can't forget the why. Yeah, and why. why That's why right. Would you ever, why would you ever sign up for uh, hospitality? That's funny. <laughs> um, well, to be honest with you, um, really started uh, at a young age. I was working at a pizzeria uh, in Middletown, Connecticut, for a guy named Vinny. Uh, Vinny was a younger dude from Long Island. Um, he opened up his restaurant when he was 24 years old, um, got to the point where I enjoyed going to work more than playing sports. And, uh, I was a big jock in high school. So I knew that's something I wanted to get into, um, at a young age. Um, it was a fun place to, uh, to work. Food was great. You know, it was the busiest place in town. Got to bring home pizza at the end of my shift. Uh, I didn't have to wake up super early to get into work. Uh, hours were flexible and, um, you know, it seemed like this guy was uh, very successful at what he did. Um, and that's when I knew uh, when it was time to go to college that uh, business was the right route for me. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So, um, and then, so, well, okay, so then what happened? So you were, you were kind of locked in, you knew where you wanted to go. Um, how many, how long yeah, have you I, been involved in the business? Um, I've uh, been in the restaurant industry for 18 years. Okay. Um I've owned um, a restaurant of my own for eight and a half years. Okay. Um, so uh, I went to college at UConn. I studied business there. I figured uh, I pay money to uh, get a business education. And then after that, I um, got paid to cook. I uh, joked because everyone asked if I went to culinary school. And I said, no, I went to the school of hard knock yeah. uh, for culinary um, so after I graduated college, uh, most of my friends were, uh, going to the city. A lot of them were on their way, uh, to be in, uh, CPAs and working at the big five accounting firms. And, uh, I was going to work at the pizzeria that I had left to go to college. And, um, at that point in my life, I kind of started questioning if that was the right decision. Uh, but I got to work. I was making good money. Uh, stayed at home, saved up as much as I could. I was working anywhere between 60 to hundred hours a week. Um, right out of college and, um, got to the point where I was learning everything. Uh, I learned everything that I could have at that restaurant. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get behind the line and actually cook the food aside from making pizzas. So I decided to leave and, um, took a significant pay cut. Uh, I got a job working at a tavern. Uh, I made a deal with the chef where I'd, uh, fill in, uh, on pizzas a couple days, uh, to get a few days in the kitchen. Um, Shortly after that, I ended up taking a, a stage, um, which is a French term for basically slave kitchen labor. Uh -huh. I was working at David, David Burke Restaurant, David Burke Steakhouse at Foxwoods. Um, that was another full-time job. Uh, I was working the Garmage station there. Uh, I wasn't getting paid for it, so I was working 80 to 90 hours a week. One job, I was getting out at 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, it, was, uh, it was a lot of work, but um, I got a lot of great experience there. The chef ended up uh, offering me a position full-time, so I'd left the other place. Uh, I was working for David Burke for about a year and a half to two years. Uh, during that time, I met um, 
my future business partner. Uh, his name was Kyle. He was a sous chef at the time. Um, very, very talented chef. Uh, we opened up uh, Casa della Luce in Westerly in 2010. Um, and then uh, after that, it was uh, Well, all right, let me ask you a question. Actually, I got a few from That's really cool. So, so you go to you go to UConn. You get a business degree. Your your buddies are going off to work in the city, uh, Big Five, and so forth. And you're cooking. And then you you wind up spending. I mean, you were working a lot of hours for a long time. Um, what were there times when you felt like, and you kind of touched on this, but I mean, were there times when you felt like, God, I'm just I'm killing myself here, and what am I doing? Like, you know, what am I crazy? Or were there times when you questioned what you were doing? Um, yeah, I mean, of course there were, um, especially when I had left, uh, um, the restaurant was actually called Ileanos in Connecticut. When I left Ileanos or when I was about to leave Ileanos, I kind of had a, uh, come to terms with myself. I was dating a chick who was going off in a different direction. Well, this is a first we've lost Mark. So hang tight folks. I'm going to call him right back. Hey, sorry, Will, I lost you there. That's all right. That's okay. We're, we're good to go. Um, so, so, yeah, there was times, of course, that I uh, questioned myself and what I was doing. Um, like I said, my friends were working 40 to 50 hours a week. I was working a lot more for a lot less. Um, but it was it was the long-term plan. I knew that I needed to get the experience to be able to successfully own and operate a restaurant. And, yeah. Um, I had the front of the house stuff down. Um, it was turn, it was time to learn the food aspect of it. And that's a huge part of it. And, uh, you know, I fortunately had enough foresight to, to be able to envision myself in a possible predicament where the chef might walk out on a Friday night. And if I didn't have the tools or the experience to jump in the kitchen, um, you know, I was the victim, you know what I mean? I was, uh, at the mercy of my employees at that point. So, uh, I made a decision to to leave that restaurant and um, you know take a pay cut, work more hours, and uh, to get that experience. But I guess I never lost sight of the goal. You know, once you once I make up my mind to do something, I'm very determined, and uh, I knew I wanted to open up a restaurant. And ever since I was 17, that's what I told everybody: What do you want to do? I want to open up a restaurant. I want to open up a restaurant. And um, you know, all that stuff's important. You got to have a understanding of um, the food, the ordering, um, the recipes, uh, management's huge. Uh, the staff, um, you have so many different personalities in a restaurant, uh, and being able to effectively manage each and every one of them, um, with the same amount of respect that, uh, you know, they deserve, um, and being there for them. You know, you might be a doctor one day, uh, to someone who cuts their finger, you might be a uh, psychologist to another person who uh, just broke up with her boyfriend that needs to uh, work that shift because you don't have anybody else to fill in. Um, you know, you got to be the head chef to your line cooks, um, you know, when their quality isn't as good as, you know, you are looking for. Um, you got to be an accountant. You got to be a marketing manager. You got to be a salesman. You got to be everything. And uh, experience is really what uh, I think helped me with my success. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you about the, okay, so you've got the business degree, but you said you, you know, you went to the School of Hard Knocks for, um, you know, 
back of the house for cooking for the kitchen instead mm-hmm. of culinary school. How much, um, <clears throat> you knew what you wanted to do. So you went to college and got a business degree, but do you think like how much of, how much weight do you put on the value of that degree in hindsight versus what you learned just doing it? Like the cooking part you learned just doing it. How about the other aspect? You know, how much did you learn in college that helped translate over to successfully running a restaurant? And the reason I asked that is because like a lot of what you just said, you have to have all these different roles. And uh, so much of it is, um, I mean, a lot of it's unique to restaurants and a lot of it's uh, learn, you know, wearing so many hats and, things like that like it's just not something you learn in a classroom it's kind of you learn by doing i'm just curious your your thoughts about all that um that's a good question i mean you kind of have to ask yourself what you're looking to get out of it yeah um you know there's some restaurant owners who work 100 hours a week day in and day out they never see their kids and their family and they don't trust anybody with a key and um Mm. you know they want to be in charge all the time and and be owners on everything some people uh, want to open up a restaurant and, uh, you know, just just make enough money to pay the bills, um, but they want to be the best at what they do and serve the, the highest quality uh, food. Um, you know, some people are in it to make a million dollars. For me, I'm, I'm looking to build a, uh, a restaurant group. Um, so, I mean, it's all important. So I guess depending on where you weight your importance depends on where you need to focus on your experience. So for me, like to build a group, which is not something that I intended on doing when I first started out, but I knew that running a restaurant is more than just making pizza and pasta. Mm. You know, it's running a business. And if you don't have a good understanding of um, or a good business sense, um, you know, your costs and your expenses get out of control. And all of a sudden you don't have money to pay payroll and you start losing staff and your vendors are charging you too much money for, you know, everything. Um, and you're just spinning your wheels. So I put a lot of, uh, a lot of weight on the business degree. Um, and it came into play more so later on than right away. Gotcha. Um, when I first opened up, it was just a whirlwind of emotions and mm. demands. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so we bought all used equipment and things were breaking and it was getting pulled in every which way uh, until I kind of got settled into it. Um, my, my business partner actually left within the first year. He couldn't uh, handle the stress of the business, uh, being an owner and being a chef and everything. Um, so it was back all on me. And then once I kind of got settled in, I uh, started working on my systems. And uh, the first big thing um, was accounting and uh, handling cash management um, and getting my expenses under control. You know, I changed some vendors who weren't giving me favorable terms or favorable prices and found new vendors that uh, were work, willing to work a little, a little better with me, and uh, that allowed me to have a little more flexibility. I had more money in my pocket, which uh, justified all the work I was putting into it. Also, gave me some, some extra spending money to hire some quality staff, you know, to fix up, uh, you know, some of those uh, broken equipments. Um, so, I mean, you're running a business. It's a restaurant, but it's a business, and uh, you know, it, it's important that the business is healthy, because without a healthy business. Uh, I think everything else falls apart. Yeah, for sure, man. That makes a ton of sense. And now that you're, so now you you had your first place or opened your first place eight and a half years ago. Now y'all have four uh, and you're growing your group. Mm-hmm. What, um, in, and I, and I think I know the answer to this question because if you're growing, you kind of have to have this approach, but you talked about, you know, different philosophies and different styles of ownership and management. 
I've got to imagine that you and Tyler have to have uh, with four locations like that in growing. You must have learned to delegate and place trust and some autonomy and really good team members because there's kind of no way to do that otherwise, right, and continue to grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I've worked for a lot of different owners over the years, and I've seen guys that uh, have a hard time relic- relinquishing control. Yeah. Um, and what I've come to realize is it's because they weren't good organizers. They didn't have enough confidence in their processes and procedures. And, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of that trust is because all right, if you have a business and you, you run it um, the right way and you have controls in place, you don't have to worry too much about theft. And it's more than just putting cameras out. It's the accounting uh, for the tips the right way, accounting for the payroll the right way, uh, making sure every every ticket that goes into the computer, there's food that's made for it and there's no food that's made without tickets, you know. So putting in certain processes in between and controls, you know, helps with that uh, that trust factor. You know, if, if you develop a, um, a smooth operation, um, then it's more about the personnel and less about the process. You know, as long as you got the structure in there, then you then you hire the right people to to work those positions, and you know it should work out. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. What um, uh, what would you tell yourself? You know, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself when you opened your first place that you've learned that you would maybe do differently, or if there is anything? Um, I would have uh, told myself to set higher goals. <laughs> I uh wanted to open up a restaurant and uh i did that and then i found myself thinking all right now what what am i going to do now am i going to open up another one am i going to replicate the one i have am i going to change the concept you know so like you know i I wouldn't say wasted time because i spent it uh it was time well spent making my business better but if i had a a bigger goal you know it kind of gave me even more direction you know i think at 17 opening a restaurant is a is a big enough goal but maybe even shooting higher than that, you know, opening up 10 restaurants. And then that kind of gives you the direction and it affects your day to day. You know, like if uh, you have a broken piece of equipment and um, your goal is to not open up 10 restaurants, there's only one and you want to maximize your profits. Maybe you bring in, uh, you know, somebody to kind of rig it to to keep you going rather than just replacing it and putting in, one that's going to be a long-term fix so you don't have to come back to that problem a year later. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. So. What do you, so what's the, um, what do you guys really want to do with your group? Like what's your, your sort of your long-term plan and goal and what kinds of places do you want your brand to be known for uh, there in Rhode Island? Well, um, you know, we started in Westerly and uh, we've expanded in Westerly and, um, latest location that we acquired was uh in charlestown um and they all have a lot of similarities um and not necessarily in food they all have pizza to some degree uh pasta to some degree um but it's the feel when you walk in the restaurant you know it's a family place you you know that uh there's a local person running that restaurant um you know there's a lot of people that depend on the success of the restaurant and it's a team effort going into it so you can walk into uh, one of my restaurants and feel welcomed when you walk in because there's somebody there greeting you when you walk in. So, you know, I just want people to be um, wild when they come in and not necessarily um, like 
blown away in terms of like atmosphere, but just from their experience, be more than satisfied when they leave. And um, it's service and it's food and it's everything in between. Yeah. You know, the, um, and the thing about that too, I found, it seems like more and more these days, if you're just, if you're nailing the basics and, and these things are, I say basics, I mean, they're, they're, they're not easy to, you know, it sounds easier to do than it is, but I mean, just like making people feel welcome, like customer service, the customer experience, the interaction and communication, like that's something you can almost never perfect. But boy, if you do that, you know, 20% better than most places, the, the difference to the guest is, you know, a hundred percent better. Um, it's really amazing what just something as simple as that can mean to, to the experience because a lot of places, you know, they just, they don't nail that now. Um, and you can feel that. And it's just, I mean, that's not something that's, that's not rocket science. It's just a matter of having people that genuinely care and want to make people feel welcome. Uh, and so when you experience that, and at least in my experience as a customer, when I experience that now, I go, okay, that was different. That was better than what I'm used to getting. I'm going to start going back to this place because I like how I Absolutely. feel when I go there. I mean, it's just how I feel. The food's got to be good, atmosphere. But, boy, the way they make you feel is like that's the that's the secret sauce almost. Yeah. And um, for all the listeners in there that uh, are in the leadership roles, it starts with the top. It starts at the top. Yeah. You know, you got to have a, a positive mental attitude. You know, we had this uh, one customer, we, we still do. Um, she, her name's Mary Jane. She used to come in here coming to my restaurant she still does and she is the most pain in the ass customer in every sense of the word she came in the first summer and there was a wait and she got in front of all the customers and said i don't have to wait for a seat i'm a local i live here oh boy. <laughs> right? and, and started telling people that they need to leave um and uh most people would be like well no this lady needs to leave However, you know, I, I took it upon myself as a personal challenge to please Mary Jane, because if I could please Mary Jane, I could please every single customer that comes in the door. <laughs> That's right. And, and my, my, my employees would hate interacting with her uh, because she made their job so challenging. So I take it upon myself to welcome her and to wait on her and to and whatever she needed. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure that she's happy because if my employees saw me doing that, then the next person is not as challenging and you know it's just sending the right message that every customer is important we want to make sure that they leave happy and we're willing to do whatever it takes well i love that too because you're leading by example i mean that's that's showing people how to do things versus telling them um you know and, and there's that gives you tons of credibility with your staff when you when you go above and beyond like that for sure um as i, I know you know um do you think uh you, you know you said you mentioned that you want people to know that it's um when they come in that this is you know locally owned is um do you feel like that's becoming more important these days is there's just so many big large um corporations that you know chains and things that have i mean they've got the benefits of economies of scale and they've got massive resources mm -hmm. and things like that but i feel like people are getting more and more connected to things that are local these days and they're realizing like you know the money we, money we spend here stays here it's invested here it hires local people it gets invested back in the community like that that seems to be it people does. are looking for that more and more almost uh I, I think these days yeah i tend to agree with you i mean look at the uh the trends in the craft beer markets you know exactly yep 
Um, there's a there's a beer up here, Whalers Brewing Company, that makes an American pale ale called Rise, and uh, it's the number one selling beer in Rhode Island. It's got a whale on it. It's delicious beer, you know what I mean? But we're talking about Budweiser, Bud Light, Coors Light. You know, the main the main beers are falling second, third, and fourth to this beer because it's local and they've, they've invested so much in Rhode Island and they've owned it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, people want to support local. They want to support locally sourced places, you know, it's because especially in Rhode Island being the small state of the 50, I mean, like there's a good chance that someone's related to somebody that works there. Or, you know, if you're buying sausage from the guy down in Westerly, you know, like, you know, somebody that is affected by that, you know, so by offering that product on your menu, you're supporting locals, you're supporting the community. And, um, you know, that's really important. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Um, okay. Good stuff. Uh, what else is on your mind these days? What are you, what are you focused on? Is it you know, <laughs> kind of keeping everything that you have running well or is it expanding or a little of both? Yeah. Well, I mean, first would be, uh, my wife and kids, they're always on my mind. I hear you, and, man. Uh, you know, I want to try to maximize my days so, you know, I can uh, spend as much time with them as I can. Um, it's time to pull the boat out of the water and uh, get into the woods and try to get a deer or two this season. Um, but in terms of business-wise, um, you know, we're really focused on the Breachway Grill. I mean, um, when we acquired the restaurant, we joined uh, forces with our business partner, Craig Marr, and uh, he did a, he's done a remarkable job growing the business. Um, you know, it's busy every single day. Uh, in the summertime, there's an hour and a half wait, uh, an hour and a half wait, um, and you can't even get in the place. So, uh, you know, we're really working on the things that we do well down on Westerly, which is um, our processes and procedures, uh, just organizing the business part of it. Um, and already we've seen a huge um, positive reaction from the staff. Um, you know, the cooks are, are not so angry anymore. Um, they're excited to, uh, to do menus and to do specials, um, because the tools that we supplied them with and, and the training we've, uh, we've educated them on, um, you know, just helps their day to day be easier because it's more organized and it's more in the directional, you know? Yeah. So, um, we really want to dial this place in and, uh, just make sure that, uh, it's going to be here for, uh, you know, another 30 years or more. Um, and then, um, you know, we're always looking for new opportunities. Um, and you never know where they're going to be. Craig and I have been friends for eight years and I never, um, I never even really thought about becoming his business partner up until this past year, um, when he started expressing some concerns. So, uh, you know, you just got to be aware of where opportunities may come from and, uh, just keep up, just be open-minded about it. I hear you. Well, I love that. Uh, I love where your mind went immediately when I asked that question. Family, and then you've got uh, your uh, personal outside interests, and then and then and then you know, then then the business. And it's great that you've got the business set up so that you can find that balance. Because that's another thing. It seems like the restaurant business can be so, like you experienced early on. I mean, it can be labor intensive, and it can it can go on twenty four seven, three sixty five, and consume you if you let mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. And when I first opened, I was single and uh, I was in Rhode Island, you know, away from my family. And I was able to devote as much time as I needed to on my business. And, um, you know, I, I had a lot of uh, learning experiences along the way, but I learned that the better I, the better of a job I do, the more time I'll have. Yeah. And um, 
there's a uh, there's a podcast out there not to not to put the competition up there, but uh, Jocko Willings, uh, a Navy SEAL from SEAL Team Three. Yeah, I know Jocko. I know his podcast. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He talks about discipline equals freedom. Yep. And, um, you know, Navy SEALs have a lot of uh, words of wisdom, but that's one I I, I think of. Um, you know, if you're disciplined in your day to day, and uh, you know you work hard on your business, it's going to allow you to do more things, whatever they may be. No, for sure. For sure. In fact, that's a, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, for folks that, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you probably listen to other ones and, uh, yeah, Jocko's great. Um, I really uh, have a lot of admiration for him. He's got some really good, he's translated a lot of the seal team practices and processes over into business applications. So they're really useful. Um, good, good plug, man. (laughs) Absolutely. He he was the seal team commander. My, uh, my brother's platoon over in Iraq. Oh really? So, uh, yeah, I've never met him. I met his partner Leif Babin. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, um, I forget the name of their consulting company, but uh, it's the same thing. You know, you got to be organized in your in your business, and you got to have, uh, you know, you got to have certain people do certain things, and there has to be, um, there has to have, there has to be structure. Yeah, so this term I'm looking for. And uh, no better place to find it than the military. No, for sure, and no, and no harder place, probably in some ways, to implement it than than in a restaurant. Only from the sense that there's just so much happening and so many people involved, both customers and staff in restaurants. I mean, there's just so many mm-hmm. things that can go awry on any given day. So, like you said, oh, the more the more processes and and procedures and things you have in place that are down pat and smooth, it it allows some margin for those those kinds of things to happen and be handled, you know, effectively, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And we, uh, we're, I, I see myself kind of moving towards like a, a more of a corporation, a corporate run restaurant in the sense of like having that structure, but it's really important for us to keep that, um, that personal touch. Yeah. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see me busting tables at my, at my restaurants, uh, jumping on the line, um, you know, greeting people. I do it all. Um, but, uh, in terms of the processes goes, I mean, even down to making homemade gnocchis, you know, we have recipes for that just because if the guy who usually makes the pasta, you know, can't show up one day, we got to make sure that it gets made the same way, uh, for the following day. So, you know, doing it right and looking into each task individually and documenting it and then keeping it organized gives, gives your staff the, uh, the tools they need to be successful. For sure, man. For sure. Yeah, y'all are, um, I don't know if I sent you um, our most recent blog post. I wrote a post last week, but I was just talking about what we've learned from our customers uh, through interaction and through doing this podcast. But, you know, you, you talk about a lot of the things I was saying, which is, uh, you know, most of the people we serve, they're independent restaurants and they're trying to build institutions you talked about being around 30 years from now and they're really trying to build institutions in their towns and they're trying to build businesses that are successful from the uh you know obviously successful from a business side of it but they also really value the people that um work for them and giving them autonomy and coaching them and teaching them and helping them grow and prosper and be successful and uh there's a lot of uh, great communication and great teamwork and, you know, a family oriented atmosphere seems to be like all these themes are so common with 
the folks we serve, mm-hmm. which is why I love serving. I mean, it's just like who wouldn't want to serve businesses like that, man. So, um, so you guys are doing some great stuff, Mark, man. I appreciate it. I told you, uh, 20 to 30 minutes and we're, we're, we're coming up on that. So I'm gonna let you roll, but, um, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the time. I uh, appreciate the business. Y'all are awesome. Always happy to help if we can do anything for you. And, and thanks so much for sharing, man. I know everybody that listens is going to get a lot out of this. Well, thanks for doing your part. You definitely, uh, made my job a little bit easier with uh schedule fly for sure. And um, whenever you guys need me on there, I'm here for you. So thanks for the opportunity. All right, man. Have a good one, Mark. You too, Will. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.